Hi everyone, it's John and Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985 Santa Claus the movie. One minute at a time. And this week we are going to be talking about minute number... 44. But before we do, we have some listener feedback. What would you call this? What would you call this segment? <laughs> Notes from listeners. More and more learning to write now, asking for what they want. Reading and writing, writing and reading. Our note today from one of our listeners is from Darren, and he confirmed to us that in a planet Hollywood in Dublin, there was actually an elf bed on display there because um, he used to work there. <laughs> so he would definitely be someone who would let us know that there was an elf bed there. So he said that he took every chance he could to see the alphabet up close, but it was act the way it was positioned and on display, it was up too high. So he couldn't actually see it very well and like interact with it and whatnot. But he also said that it did not have the clock on it, but it did have the name on the end. And he couldn't make out the name because it was obscured by another prop. So he couldn't tell what the name was on the bed. But that's pretty cool. And it stinks for him that it left his area and came back to the USA. So he couldn't look at it wherever it went after Planet Hollywood shut down. And Darren also suspects that that same elf bed from Planet Hollywood was also the one that was up for auction recently. Because he believed after Planet Hollywood in Dublin shut down, all the props were shipped back to the United States. So odds are it was the same bed, but we have no confirmation. There's no way to tell. <laughs> I still wonder who bought that elf bed, though. I know. Who has it? I wonder if it's that Castle Noel guy in Ohio. Maybe. One of these days, we have to figure out how to get there and go look at all of his stuff. <laughs> When it's safe to travel again. Yes. So are you ready for minute 44, Ben? I am ready. So we start the minute, Patch is still holding his hand up in the air, ready to give that go signal. And then he finally does it. He finally says... Go! And you can see the elf starter, also known as Vout. Starting the machine up. Yeah, Vout turns a crank and the Patchomatic makes a whistling noise as it starts. Patch watches with excitement as the machine starts, and the background elves are all paying attention as well. They all want to get a glimpse at this because there are two elves in particular behind Patch who are like looking at, I don't know what it is, like blueprints. They look like very big pieces of paper. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at attention, too. Like, they're all on the edge of their seats. Is this thing actually going to work, this crazy contraption? And now we're getting a better look at the machine. The hands on the clock face just continually spin. Mm -hmm. There seems to be an hour hand and a minute hand, but it, it doesn't tell time, obviously. No. They just continually spin around, and it looks like there are cuckoo clock doors, but I don't believe we see anything actually pop out of them. Not and there are all these weird minute. stationary circular dials and knobs, which I don't yeah. believe serve any purpose either yeah i don't i don't think i mean i don't know what those dials go into on the inside of the machine they could be signifying where there are some wooden gears or i don't know 
but it doesn't seem like they would serve a purpose for this other than decorative. Yeah, it's interesting. This is like 100% wood. There's mm-hmm. no lights or anything like that. It's like all wood and steam powered as far as I can tell. Right. And we have to remind ourselves that this is in 1982. Like they could potentially have, I mean, there, there's no reason why they can't have forged metal in the elf complex at this point in time. They're, they're not really that far in the grand scheme of things from civilization. They should be able to get blacksmith operations there. Yeah, this begs a question that will come up again and again, but we know Santa is kind of stuck in the past. Yeah. But has he not, in the centuries upon centuries he's been doing this, like tell them, oh, the, hey, there are light bulbs now. <laughs> hey, there's electricity. Oh, you know that pipe heating thing you were talking about, Pat? You know, they have that now. (laughs) The duck figures are attached to like a wooden arm that is going forward and backward. And like we said last week, the ducks seem to be purely for decoration. Yeah. (laughs) Patch potentially wasted a lot of time designing these ducks and things that have no bearing on the actual toy production. Yeah, he made it awfully pretty for you know, needing to rush through this. Yeah, even that clock doesn't seem to seem to correspond with anything going on inside the machine. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, unless it's, unless those are supposed to be minutes, not hours, you know. Or seconds. like Or seconds. Like take, or, yeah, or seconds, like how long it takes a toy to go through the machine, maybe. Right, I so, don't know. So maybe it does. Maybe. We just can't figure it out. Yeah, we'll have to p- keep an eye on it later as things get faster and faster with the assembly line right speaking of the assembly line we see elves putting wooden toy pieces onto an assembly line Mm -hmm. there appear to be multiple assembly lines which intersect with one that is actually fed into the machine and they all these various unpainted wooden pieces like wooden wheels and pieces like that yeah so coming from an assembly background my first thing with this is I don't quite understand the layout. You would think that, like, one side would be getting all of the wheels. So the woodworkers on one side of the machine would be making all of the circular pieces. And then on the other side, they would be making all of the rectangular pieces. And then when they come together in the middle is where you lay it out for it to go into the machine. But they seem to both sides be getting random size pieces of wood you know i'm not 100 percent sure it's random i wonder if one side of the assembly line is getting like everything all the parts for like the right hand side of the vehicle because what they're making basically all we see them make are various ride-on vehicles like wagons or little bicycle type things right so maybe like that's the right hand wheel and the right hand side of the flat piece of wood coming from one side and then the left hand wheel and then the guy in the middle is, like, placing them onto the assembly line the way they'd be assembled to form a fully formed toy. I would agree with you if they weren't mixing the pieces together. Patch needs to fire this guy right here. Yeah, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't seem to make sense to me. My theory is as good as any, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, once we see the toys on the assembly line being fed into the machine 
It looks just like a random hodgepodge of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I understand that they're all supposed to be put together. And having it laid out like this, I can see would be fine for going in through the painting machine where it doesn't have to be super accurate. But I don't know what, I mean, we're not seeing the whole thing, obviously, because they're going into a black void. But the very next thing you see is them coming in nice and straight and even into the painting station. Where do they get spun so that they are lined up perfectly even in this machine to then get painted so precisely by these very creative painting rods? Now, this is super creative. I very much like what Patch did here. So these look just like um, the the accordion style thing, like for where you dry your clothes, those racks. And then they have a paintbrush attached to the end of them. And what happens is when it's getting, like there's got to be a, a circle or something at one end. So it's going around in a circle and it's pulling it closed, pushing it open, pulling yeah, it closed, like, pushing it open. Yeah, they're like all these paintbrushes are like on retractable arms yes we get a nice overhead shot here to give you an idea how it works we see like the paint pots up mm -hmm. against one side of the machine so obviously these arms with the paintbrushes on the end reach ahead but no that can't be because the colors in the paint pots aren't matching the colors that are being applied to these pieces of wood well like they don't yeah they are yeah they do yeah they do they do it's just what it is, is they're a little skewed. So you, if you watch that yellow brush coming down from the paint pot, there, frame by frame, you can see that the yellow and the green ones are skewed close to the right-hand side of the screen. Okay, yeah, I do see that now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, that very brief point yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, the yellow dips the yellow, the green dips the green. There's also a red and a blue that just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know where they get their paint, but I mean, there's red <laughs> and blue above there, but they're clearly not coming from that area, but, you know, maybe they still had plenty on there. The filmmakers were like, no one's going to notice. Nobody. I mean, in, in real life during the movie aspect of this, you could very much guarantee that these are just puppeteers controlling these arms, moving them back and forth so they could go wherever they need to go. But as far as the machinery operation goes, this makes no sense as far as the way it's lined up and how it would operate. This is the type of stuff I love about doing this podcast. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> you know, the green puppeteer is not really doing a good job painting that piece of wood with his paintbrush. Like, he, he like he's off to the side. He barely hit it. He's, like, doing the... <laughs> And then they show this up-close piece of red one getting painted, and you know they're not using the machine for that. Like, that's a totally different type of paintbrush system going there. Yeah, that red is really covering that thing quickly. Yeah, and it's not the same way it's covering it from up above, you know what I mean? Well, no, I guess the red is covering well. I don't know, but I could watch this paint section for about 15 minutes just going back and forth watching these strings paint and see how they go. I like it. I think it's great. Completely impractical, but I think it's great. So next we see 
What would what would the wagon like the carrying part of a wagon be called? The bed of a wagon? Yeah, the bed. Yeah. We see the bed of a wagon. It's all painted red, and it's being slowly lowered down onto the wheels. Actually, yeah. I'm not even sure this is a wagon, but yeah, I think it's a wagon. It's very interesting how Patch even included a conveyor elevator system for these pieces to come straight down because you can see how it's being held with these two blocks. From looking at this machine from the outside, you wouldn't suspect there are so many moving parts on the inside. Yeah, I don't know how he fit all of this in that itty-bitty little contraption, but... And then we see a nut being applied to hold the wheel into place. On a totally different toy. Yes. Because the toy that is getting the nut put on is green with red wheels. Then we see like a ride-on tricycle. Yep. Also made out of wood. So, oh wait, oh wow. So there is metal in this machine. Okay, so now I have even more questions on the on the application of putting this, the... I'm, I'm blown away. Okay, so the whole machine looks like it's made out of wood, right? But when he's putting this ride-on tricycle together, they're using actual bolts and rods and nuts and everything, right? And Oh, yeah. And if you look at the part where they're putting in the six bolts into the wheel, which is, I don't understand why you need that. But anyway, you have those six bolts going into the wheel. They have all of these, these, this part is actual machinery, where they have, they have these rods put into bearings that are turning with ease. You know, these are all getting put in with an actual machine. Like, this is actual machinery. And you can see all of the metal pieces and the, how the bearings and the belts and the gears are working together to turn these nuts in place. But it, that is such a stark contrast to the rest of this machine. So they must have had to create an actual machine for to make this part of the movie. They couldn't do it with puppeteering. And I don't know where are these I mean not to not to get too nitpicky here because I understand that I'm probably going a little a little com into the complainy part of this, but where are those bolts getting stuck into because those are really long bolts going into that ride-on tricycle? That is, yeah, that's a lot and, of bolts to, for one wooden <laughs> wheel. I mean, not only is that a lot of bolts, they are super long. They should be sticking out the other side of that yellow wheel if they went all the way in. Like, you, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. It's got to just oh, yeah, be. look how long those things yeah, are. They're super long. They would go right through. There's no way that those wheels would turn. When you had that all the way in, when you have all of those in. And I don't know what function they're serving because that piece of wood is already glued on there. So after the nuts and bolts have been applied, <laughs> like the, the parts that automatically applied them like retract backwards. Yes. Yep. And then we get a shot of the first toy flying out the door. Mm -hmm. And I just got to say, I thought Vout was kind of a creepy elf. This guy with um, Honka. Look at this guy. Look at this elf. He has like this crazed look on his face the entire time. His mouth is open and his eyes are bug-eyed. I mean, he. I know he's really excited that the machine's working. But 
We haven't seen this guy before, I don't oh. think. <laughs> oh, I see him. I'm trying. I was like, you were talking about him and I was going through the minute trying to find him. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Yes, you're right. Well, he's just in complete awe, you know? He's right he just, in the moment. He's like, yeah. Oh. He just can't understand what's going on. He can't believe it's working. He's just in utter shock and amazement. This is the coolest thing he has ever seen in his 5,000 years of life, you know? True. Honka is looking very excited, very joyful, but this guy looks yeah. <laughs> a little psychotic. I think Honka is like, I got to catch this. I got to catch this. I got to catch this. Oh, I caught it. <laughs> now, but, but, so behind these two, behind Honka and Psycho Sam, there's a huge wooden board. Yes. And the letters spell out production chart. And there yeah. are like all these holes in the board. Mm-hmm. Now, from a production background, Ben. Yeah. What do you think is being kept track of on the production chart this I have giant no chart idea. behind them oh you have nothing no this theories at all this is the no it is the strangest production chart i've ever seen i what i would assume is these must be their goals like they're different colored pegs so i'm going to assume that they need to reach these particular amount like they need those particular amount of pieces like, I don't think this is a finished chart, like, showing how many of each one they have made. I think it's probably showing how many pieces they need of each size and shape and whatnot. Because you can't really see the bottom, which would tell you what it's about. I could tell you that I have never used anything like this in in my history of production. Patch is thrilled his machine is working and he lets out a classic Dudley Moore laugh. <laughs> Boog runs up and hugs Patch and Boog is holding a hammer, so hopefully he's watching where he's swinging that hammer. <laughs> Whack! <laughs> Things seem to be running smoothly on Team Patch. We even hear an elf. Do you think it's Boog? Shout, hey! Yeah, I think I think it's supposed to be, yes. Boog, Honka, and Vout say so little that it's hard yeah. to pinpoint who's talking. It is. And he's back. He was absent last week, but old Santa enters the workshop, followed by Anya and Dooley. 47 seconds into the minute. <laughs> they look at some elves working, and at first I thought they were looking at Patch's machine, but mm-hmm. it soon revealed that they're actually looking over Team Puffy. Right. Santa looks like he approves of the old traditional toy production ways. Mm-hmm. Puffy walks over, followed by Goobler and Gooba. And then Puffy pats one of the working elves on the back and compliments another. And the elf that he is complimenting is completely obscured. Mm-hmm. I can't see if it's an established elf or what this elf is doing. Oh, no, I can see him. Oh, you can? Yeah. He's a... Uh... He looks like a younger fellow. I don't know if we have seen him before in the movie. We may have, but he has a nice dark beard. Yeah, I'm not talking about uh, the younger guy hammering that thing together. The one that he pats on the shoulder. Yeah, that's what I'm I thought I'm talking about when he about. turns around and says, oh, excellent. Keep up the good work. Oh, I can't yeah. see what that guy's working on. I don't know what warranted the compliment. No. 
No, he can't is, see anything. Yeah, he is blocked by other members of Team Puffy. And then right before our minute ends, one more of these little ride-on toys flies off of the Patchomatic and into the hands of Boog and Honka. Right. I wish I knew what these things were called. They're not wagons. They're not tricycles. They're ob- they look like those. I can't even describe it. But they're the like kid the would sit on ones. it and then yeah. propel themselves forward by pushing forward and backwards on the handle thing that's sticking Yeah. Out. They were big in like the 50s, weren't they? Okay. So I have a little bit from the book now that we're done going through the movie. Uh, in the book... It is actually Boog who is uh, self or elf starting the machine. Boog is the one who is huffing and puffing with effort to keep the conveyor belt moving. So it doesn't run on its own because even Patch couldn't come up with a perpetual motion machine. So uh, someone has to be turning the crank at the other end of this machine the whole time it is running. Yeah, we don't really see that. So I guess we're left to assume Vout is back there just cranking this thing like he is, crazy. You can see him when it kind of shows the overall. Every time you see the overall, um, when the tricycle ride-on comes out, you can see Vout way back there at the end of the screen oh, on yeah, the right-hand right. side. There's a quick turning. shot right before Santa yeah. enters. You're right. You can yeah. see Vout furiously furiously turning that wheel yeah so it can really only go as fast as the elf turning the wheel can go in all actuality and then i have a little bit more here patch was satisfied with himself thinking about the neatly stacked toys that puffy had accumulated in the north wing while he had been occupied just with the construction of his machine but even though every elf may be laughing at him now, he was about to have the last laugh. Being the assistant to Santa was the highest honor. So Patch was was satisfied with himself because the machine was working. It came out, you know, it was working the way it was supposed to. Because everyone, apparently all of the elves were kind of chuckling at Patch, you know, like crazy Patch thinking that this is going to do. He's just wasting all of this time. He's not going to be able to do the toys that he needs to do to beat Puffy. You know, and then all of a sudden the machine starts working. And he was like, yes, you know, we got That would have been something I would have liked to see a little bit more of in the movie. What do the other elves think of Patch and his crazy inventions? Yeah, they, uh, I think they often just kind of overlooked Patch. Like just, he was just a crazy young elf, you know. But he comes up, I mean, they've proven in the past that Patch can really come up with anything that is needed. You know, he just, I don't know, they still don't seem to have that much faith in him, though. Breaking down the movie minute by minute like this, I have more questions about the machine than answers. It's like, okay, Patch was able to, like, invent modern-looking nuts and bolts and screws, but the machine has to be powered by one of his elf buddies continually i know like i don't the in nine this is 1982 like they could have used anything the, a car engine would have worked like it <laughs> like anything would have worked and i know this is skipping ahead but i think it's next minute oh, it is next minute i know this is skipping ahead i guess we'll get there next minute but 
like somebody goes, isn't it going too fast? It's like, does that mean Vout is just like going faster and faster? <laughs> <laughs> he has like these big Popeye muscles. <laughs> Vout's going to be really strong at the end of this Christmas season. Well, we'll get there next week. We'll talk yes. about what's causing the machine to go faster next week, I guess. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing all of that stuff is happening inside that itty bitty little assembly line machine. I also had a note, a question. It's like, when does the paint have a chance to dry? <laughs> These things just swing out of the machine. It's magical paint. <laughs> I guess so. Magical instant drying paint. Yeah. Of Patch's own invention. Yep. Okay, I can go with that. I'm on board for that. They have stardust. They can use magic. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up minute number 44. As always, if you have anything to add to the discussion of this minute or anything at all Santa Claus to movie related, you can email us at SantaByTheMinute at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SantaMinute. Ben and I post a brand new episode each and every Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. For free!